from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures, Ice Miller, and Indiana University. Celebrating Indiana's best and brightest tech talent. But why are so many tech jobs disappearing and at such an alarming rate? We'll take a look. Plus, the Chinese spy balloon and why one Indiana lawmaker's been warning about strange objects in the sky for years. His take on what should happen to China. And move over dishwasher. The Indiana connection to the next big appliance in the kitchen where you'll be able to grow your own food. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. From Amazon to Microsoft to Twitter and many others, dozens of tech companies nationwide laying off tens of thousands of employees. Since the start of the year alone, several hundred tech companies have laid off more than 200,000 workers. At that rate, the tech industry could cut more than 900,000 jobs this year, nearly six times the total for last year. That according to tech layoff tracker layoffs.fyi. But is a different story emerging here in Indiana. This week, TechPoint uh, announced the nominees for the 24th annual Mira Awards, honoring the best in tech in Indiana. The nonprofit Growth Accelerator says nearly 80 nominees chosen from a record number of entries. Nominees of companies employing some 57,000 Hoosiers, generating more than $20 billion in revenue. Meantime, Hoosier tech companies reporting $441 million in capital investment last year. That's the second highest number uh, since TechPoint began tracking, publicly tracking those numbers. And several tech companies have already landed big funding rounds this year. So what is the outlook for the tech sector in Indiana? How does it compare to the nation? For some answers, pleased to be joined by TechPoint President and CEO Tangudi and also Elevate Venture CEO Christopher Day with a look at uh, the state of tech in Indiana. And welcome to you both. Thank you, Gary. Thank I'm going to uh, have each of you kind of tee it up here. Tang, as you look at the state of technology, uh, the sector here in Indiana, see nationally these big numbers might frighten a lot of people. Say, man, is the, is the industry in the tank? What's, what's the situation here in Indiana? Yeah, excellent question. I think in response to the, some of the national tech layoffs, it's good to keep in context. A lot of these, these are in reaction to the hyper hiring that's taken place mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Locally, Indiana, based on the number we're tracking, the tech workforce demand is still outstripping supply by a factor of two. And we're also actively in conversations with roughly 200 tech employers in our state, ranging from startups to big companies, and less than 8% of them have conducted layoffs. So less than 8% yes. yeah, statewide. Tof, I know we were talking off camera, the three of us, and, and, and you both talk about this being an opportunity, uh, especially for startups and young companies to get talent, because that's been a big issue. Yeah, absolutely. The, the talent, has, as we all know, is extremely hard to get, and, and I do believe that this is a golden age or a golden opportunity for the startups and the scale-ups. So there's you know, been roughly over 200,000 layoffs nationwide. Uh, we are seeing rapid absorption of, of those folks into startups and scale-ups across the state. Uh, as you look uh, at uh, the... Uh, investment numbers from Elevate Ventures last year. Last year was a record number. How does, as you get into 2023, there have been some companies that have scored on some funding rounds. What's the, the landscape? What's kind of the vibe out there in the investment community? Yep, so we've never been more excited. We had 128 investments last year, 22.8 million uh, in investments um, that we funded. 
uh, we had 34.9 commitments, 34.9 million in commitments, 183 companies that we've committed to, so they're still raising their rounds. Uh, I, I believe it's more robust than ever. There's, we're seeing disparate stakeholders throughout the state lean in with new ideas to help companies get started, to help them grow. And I think our companies throughout the state historically grow more efficiently than, mm -hmm. than other markets throughout the country. And so we're expecting another record-breaking year. Ting, as you look at um, TechPoint, uh, second highest number last year from an investment standpoint, do you see that continuing this year in this environment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a, probably the most exciting thing to me is how technology, particularly during the pandemic, has becoming such a key growth, growth sector, really economic growth factor across various sectors. And that's ranging from digital transformation activities that are happening in all mm -hmm. industries. And that's also from some of the cutting edge tech initiatives that's happening in the federal state levels, as well continue domination in terms of a tech venture creation in our state. Yeah, start with you on this, Ting, but you mentioned some of the initiatives at the federal level. Uh, there's talk about creation of these tech hubs around the country. Indiana looked at as one as possibly semiconductors. We see what's happening at Purdue and some other places around the state of Indiana. Uh, Skywater Technology there, billions of dollars being invested. Can Indiana become one of those tech hubs? Absolutely, and I think Indiana is very, being very strategic in terms of leveraging these existing assets in our state. For instance, tech already are contributing over well over $50 billion a year to our annual GDP, mm -hmm. and it's employed 115,000 people in our state. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that nearly three-quarters of those people are, are employed in non-core sectors that represent future growth opportunities. And so uh, things like hydrogen, uh, there's a lot of movement there and talk of a possible hydrogen hub I know Cummins uh, and companies like BP are very actively involved that could go in Northwest Indiana. Is that, could that become a reality? Yes, absolutely. You know, as we all, well, maybe not all of us, but as, as uh, many of us know, you know, Cummins, for example, has really been, been leaning into hydrogen technology, and they see that as the, the future of engines, you know, 10 and 20, 50 years out. Uh, and, and we have a, a great environment, Northwest Indiana, and I know that the state is looking uh, heavily at developing a, a hydrogen hub up there, which is truly exciting. And if you also think about all the other startups and, and scale-ups that will spawn off of that environment, it's definitely exciting. Yeah, I know we heard from uh, Purdue's new president, uh, Meng Chang, uh, this week at an event we, we hosted. Um, tech corridor stretching from downtown Indy, 63 miles to West Lafayette. This is longer term, obviously, but uh, pr pretty ambitious vision. Yes, absolutely. So as, uh, as President Chang mentioned yesterday at breakfast, uh, there are 63 miles between Purdue University and downtown Indianapolis. And uh, in Indiana will be known as the hard tech corridor in that stretch of 63 miles with Skywater on one end and, and downtown yeah. Indianapolis on the other. Yeah, uh, Ting, as you look at the challenges of your workforce, you know, supplying that pipe, filling that pipeline, can Indiana get that job done? Yeah, so we have wonderful higher ed institutions. That's really the fifth largest net student importers in the, in the country. And uh, we really have an opportunity to not only keep up our training, excellent talent across various pathways around different sectors, but also do a better job of retaining yeah. those top talent. Yeah. Right now, less than 40% are being actively retained. Yeah, it's the key, keeping them. And if I'll give you the final word, Toph. I know you're, you're out there uh, uh, you know, talking about Indiana as an innovation hub, yeah. that it can be. It's not just talk, but it can be that innovation hub. Absolutely. We, we, our vision is, and we absolutely believe that innovation, uh, that Indiana has the opportunity to be the innovation capital of the world. We have all the ingredients to do it, and it's just time to go do it. Christopher Day uh, from Elevate Ventures and Ting uh, Goody from uh, TechPoint. Thank you both for joining us. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, in the future. Thank, Thank you, Gary. you, Gary. All right.
Well, high-tech intelligence, a key factor in figuring out more about those mysterious objects flying over the United States and Canada. Indiana Congressman Andre Carson has been sounding alarm bells about this for years, leading a House subcommittee hearing on unidentified flying objects last May. Heightened awareness now as U.S. jet fighters recently shot down four devices flying over North American airspace, including that Chinese spy balloon. It's also suspicious when you have these objects flying over our military installations. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's calls for deep concern. And, 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 and while China is in denial um, and, and pointing the finger at us, uh, we cannot let them off the hook. I'm open to all avenues um, that will bring the message home to China that we're not here to play. Congressman Andre Carson with much more insight on strange objects flying in the skies. His push for high-speed rail, he thinks it could happen here in the Midwest and growing up in a well-known political family. He's my guest on the next Business and Beyond podcast. It begins Monday. Check it out at InsideMediaBusiness.com. The dishwasher, refrigerator, stove, all staples in the kitchen. The next big potential appliance on the horizon, a hint. It has a homegrown Hoosier touch. Details next. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Well, the budget writing session of the Indiana General Assembly is about two weeks away from the midpoint, and several business-related measures are beginning to heat up, among them a so-called anti-ESG bill, House Bill 1008, which would force Indiana's public pension system to essentially divest from investment firms or funds that use environmental, social, or governmental investment criteria. The Indiana Chamber of Commerce and Indiana Bankers Association, among those opposing that measure, which they say could have a Conan impact on pension returns. We feel that government should not be in the business of picking winners and losers. And we're particularly concerned because a recent legislative services agency analysis of this bill says that uh, it could reduce the rate of return of investments of those funds by more than 1% and cost the funds uh, as much as $7 billion dollars. Uh, in lost investments over the over a 10 year period of time. Bridiger and opponents to the bill believe it puts government in the position of picking winners and losers. House Speaker Todd Houston, though, defended the bill, saying essentially businesses should run their businesses and not be selective on when they wander into the political realm. Well, pod-based coffee machines are a kitchen staple, and an Evansville startup wants to bring the same simplicity to growing fresh produce. It recently earned a $1 million award to take a bite out of the market. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta here now with more. Kylie. Well, thank you, Gary. Anu says its kitchen appliance is like a Keurig for plants. We first told you about the startup six years ago when the co-founders were undergrads in Purdue engineering programs. 
the under-the-counter kitchen appliance about the size of a dishwasher can grow fresh leafy greens and vegetables with its self-contained light and water systems. Anu says the greens are completely free of pesticides and preservatives and because they're harvested just moments before eating, also at peak nutrition and flavor. The recent award is a $1 million Small Business Innovation Research Phase 2 grant. Chief Executive Officer and co-founder Scott Massey says growing the startup in Evansville takes advantage of the city's unique legacy. Evansville at one point was the refrigerator capital of the world. Uh, Whirlpool had a massive manufacturing plant, produced tens of thousands of refrigerators on a daily basis here. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of that industry has left since 2008. But the intellectual capital and the talent capital remains here and is arguably stronger than ever, as a lot of this talent has actually uh, kind of decentralized into various engineering contract firms. So it's been incredibly valuable for us to just leverage these decades nearly a century of industry expertise uh, that we as a startup can get right here in the state of Indiana. Anu says sustainability is a big selling point. More than one third of the country's vegetables are grown in California. So Anu says growing them in your own kitchen has major implications in reducing land, water and energy use and saves shipping them across the country. After nearly four years at the helm of BioCrossroads, President and CEO Patty Martin will be stepping down in April. The state's Life Sciences Initiative says Martin plans to continue her engagement with the life sciences industry in the private sector. Under her leadership, BioCrossroads launched a statewide health data analytics initiative and convened academic, healthcare, and life sciences leaders to protect Hoosiers during the COVID-19 pandemic. And Gary, there's a really interesting connection on Anu. When we first covered them in 2017, they won a Purdue pitch competition. The runner-up at that same competition was Omniviz, who we covered oh. just a few weeks ago. Yeah. They were named most fundable company, so pitch competitions matter. They do matter. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Kylie. Well, imagine working endless hours on a farm just to eat a meal and have a roof over your head. A way of life for poor Hoosiers back in the day. What's next for now abandoned poor asylums like this in Knox County? We'll take a look. Plus the IBJ this week with an in-depth look at the past, present and future of downtown Indianapolis. A special look at life, work and play in the Circle City. Plus a look at new renderings of the Indy 11, 11 Park. Indy 11 owner Saul Ozdemir says demolition will start at the site in May. And you can read more about the project. New information in this week's IBJ. Here's what's making news around Indiana. Brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors. Indiana's 21,000 realtors. The neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. In Allen County, construction is underway in a $65 million mixed-use development. Phase one of the Village Premier Project will include more than 200 rental units and nine market-rate single-family homes. The project located on 22 acres and received $5 million in funding through the state's Ready Grant program. Future phases will include senior and income-based housing, child care, a health clinic, and commercial space. The Ports of Indiana Commission has promoted Jody Peacock to CEO. He has spent more than two decades with the ports, most recently serving as senior VP for business development. Peacock succeeds Vonta Coda, who led the organization from 2018 through 2022, stepped down when his five-year contract ended. Well, Indianapolis-based startup True Essence Foods are pushing ahead on its mission to curb the amount of food we throw out. We'll explain how coming up. 
Also, we're excited to launch our Engage Indiana series, a series of regional events focused on advancing Indiana's future. You can discover more at ibj.com engage. It's time now to go inside innovation. Indianapolis-based food tech company True Essence Foods is looking to scale its proprietary technology that helps food manufacturers produce freeze-dried foods without additives or preservatives. True Essence says it wants to grow into a multinational corporation. True Essence founder and CEO Matt Rubin says the company is currently engaging with more than 40 food manufacturers in five countries, including producers of dried fruits and vegetables, concentrated fruit juices, coffee, and wine. Well, the mill in Bloomington has tapped former Mayor John Fernandez to lead the development, construction, and launch of the Trades District Technology Center there. The nonprofit startup Accelerator says when he arrived as mayor, he launched the Bloomington Tech Partnership, which helped to create uh, more than 2,300 jobs in the city. Fernandez is also a former U.S. Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Economic Development and most recently served as Global Chief Innovation Officer at law firm Denton's. It's time now for Ion Education. A big name in Hoosier business is once again giving back in a big way to Purdue University. The Maryville-based Dean and Barbara White Family Foundation donating $50 million to the renovation and expansion of Purdue's new business school. The money going toward undergraduate studies at the Mitchell Daniels School of Business, which will be renamed the Bruce White Undergraduate Institute. White Lodging founder Bruce White passed away last month. Purdue says the gift is the largest monetary contribution ever made to the University School of Business and Management. With the Center for Tech Innovation, known as the CTI, we are expanding the concept of engaged immersive learning and opening the door to new synergy. Franklin College celebrating the dedication of its new Center for Tech Innovation on campus. The college says the goal of the center is to produce graduates who are tech fluent. The school's newly created Digital Fluency Initiative provides collaboration and workspace for students, faculty, and staff. That center has a 3D printer, makerspace, podcast studio, virtual reality space, and more. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.